Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Thank you for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. We're calling this a radio podcast, a cool hybrid of talk radio and music. Real leaders, real talk, incredible stories. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. My name's Sam Collier, and I am here right now with a renaissance man. He's incredible, pastor, leader, overseer, prophet to some, business owner, entrepreneur. I pulled up yesterday in Atlantis and I said, I think he's the king of the Bahamas. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, this man has reached millions all over the world, most notably known for the founder of Global United Fellowship. Ladies and gentlemen, the bishop is in the building, Bishop Neil Ellis. How are you, sir? What a privilege it is, Sam, to be with you tonight. Uh, your reputation precedes you. Don't say that. I'm just trying to keep up. Listen, before we jump in, we kick off this show every time with a song. Right. What's one of your favorite songs right now? Oh, Lord, I think people are going to be disappointed with this. I hate to start it on this note, but turn off the lights. Oh! Light a, a candle, candle. <laughs> Teddy Pendergrass. Oh my God! Oh man, I know it should be like Amazing Grace or something. I know, I know. They all way up there on the list, right? Right. Yeah, but if you're asking me my personal favorite, it's my personal favorite because it always gets the job done. Wow. <laughs> Hopefully, you can handle it. We'll be back. <laughs> I know that all things are working for my good, yeah, she's intentional, never failing, all things are working for my good, she's intentional, hey, and it's never failing, all things are working for my good.
working for me, yeah, it's working for me, yeah, and I believe it's working for me, yeah. <laughs> I can smile again and I don't have to worry cause it's working for me, yeah, it's working for me, yeah, yeah, it's working for me, come on, sing that out, say that, I don't have to worry cause working for me, yeah, Working for me, it's working for me. <laughs> and I can hold my head up. It's working hey, for me. get your confidence back. Think I don't have to worry. Hey, it's working, it's for, working me. for me. Hey, my faith is rising now. It's working for me. And although I can't see how, it's working for me. I know that he's So I'm 30 years old now. Um, I think when I was 21, 22, I was in the balcony at New Birth. Okay, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And I remember you standing on the stage, I think this was the first time, and it was the, my first experience with the prophetic. And I was just blown away. I said, who is this man with this accent? And then over the years, I saw you continuously come back and you and Bishop Long's relationship and how you just helped so many leaders and pastors transition um, to the next level of where God wants to take them. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I feel like you're the king of the Bahamas since I've been here. Um, Global United Fellowship is everywhere. You, you've sat with queens, you've sat with kings, you've sat with presidents, mm -hmm. but we know it didn't start there. No. Um, we say around here all the time that when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. Mm -hmm. So we try to have people on the show that are living in their greater story. Mm -hmm. That's you. Take us from Little Bishop. Oh boy. <laughs> it's a place called Poggy Bay. Okay. <laughs> it's on an island called Bimini. Okay. So I'm here living in Nassau, Bahamas, yeah. but this is not where I was born. Oh, my God. The Bahamas is a collection of islands, uh, more than 700 island and key, islands and keys, yeah. but about uh, 19 of them that are very developed and inhabited. Mm. I was born on one of the smallest one of the 19. Wow. It's a place called Bimini, but it's the closest island in the Bahamas to America. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. where I was born. And I was born in, in a settlement that was known to be the poorest portion of Bimini. Mm. And they nicknamed it Poggy Bay. If you know anything about fish, Sam, Poggy is a fish you don't want to eat. Right. <laughs> so we we were despised even in our place of origin. Wow. Yeah. And um, so I was born into poverty. What? My father, my mother, uh, together there were ten of us. There are mm. ten children. Uh, I was not supposed to be here because I was advised by the nurse in Bimini. My mother was advised by mm. the nurse in Bimini to uh, terminate the pregnancy. Wow. I was creating some real problems. <laughs> and um, uh, she didn't. 
and uh, here I am. But but she had another she she had another pregnancy right mm. after me, and uh, he was born, but he was born ill, mm. and he lived ten days. So I wow. see myself as a miracle child mm. and a child born with a major purpose. Mm-hmm. My mother never shared that story with any of us until I was I was actually in my fifth year of pastoring. Wow. And she announced that I, I heard it the same time my congregants heard it. Mm. Uh, so I was born there. When I was 11 years old, uh, the country had just received its independence. What? And um, the prime minister was making his first official visit to Bimini. Prime Minister of the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. And the school selected me to give the welcome, to be the student to give the welcome. And the three-minute welcome that was not written by me, yeah. written by my teacher, uh, but I was the one to recite it. Yeah. Uh, but that landed me on a scholarship by the Prime Minister into Nassau wow. for high school. Wow. That's how I got here. I got into Nassau the first year and a half. I lived with some distant relatives. Mm. And my second year in high school, I got a new homeroom teacher <laughs> who within six months, God fixed it that she fell in love with me. Wow. And she invited me to, my, to her home for the weekend. Uh, she wanted me to meet her husband. Yeah. Uh, they'd only been married for 11 months. They had no children at the time. I met them. They were her husband was a member of the parliament. Wow, a well accomplished man, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess he fell in love with me too. And uh, within three months, I was living in their house, mm. and I stayed in their home from the age of thirteen until I married my wife. What? And I said in a meeting this morning, if our paths had not crossed more than likely the journey of my life would have been totally different. Mm. It's amazing. I refer to them. They are fondly called my foster parents. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. they refer to me as their foster son. Their children call me their oldest sibling mm. because I was in the house when all of them were born. But um, I see them as angels. Mm. They were sent into my life to help to direct my life and get me on the path to destiny. Mm. And uh, today, uh, my foster mother, she's just finished her stunt as president of the Senate for two terms. What? Uh, She runs a a, a thriving, thriving law firm. And her husband is is a very astute, respected, and admired business tycoon in the country. Mm. And uh, God has really smiled upon me. Mm -hmm. And the affairs of my life have caused me to come to the conclusion that even from Poggy Bay, Mm -hmm. my steps have been ordered by the Lord. And that's little bishop (laughs) to junior bishop right now. (laughs) So how do you go from that incredible childhood experience to Global United Fellowship. Take us, and you can talk about anything, but I mean, you're one of the most renowned bishops in the world. 
How do you go from that to this? Well, first of all, I, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior at the age of nine. Mm -hmm. I sit in my church all the time. I'm one of those Christians who got saved three times. <laughs> now, I can't argue the come back theological ramifications of all of that, but I know when I got saved at nine, shoot, I was a child. I right. didn't understand all right. that. So I, 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 at 13, I found myself getting saved again. Right, right. Yeah, but, uh, and, and then I'm now in like the third year in, in, in secondary school. Yeah. And um, hey, the girls, man, and hey, I couldn't stay <laughs> safe and do certain things. I just, you know, so, but when I was six, 17, almost 17, I got saved the third time, and I've been saved ever, ever since. since. <laughs> so, so, he had to come back for you three yeah, times. Yeah, man, I, I, but he was determined to get me. <laughs> He was determined to get me, and I say, shoot, look like I'm not the duck this. Right. So let me just comply. Yeah. Uh, I never wanted to be a pastor. What? Never. Because both of my grandfathers were pastors, mm. and the church was not kind to them mm. back in Bimini. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I always thought I would be a lawyer and a politician. Really? And... Uh, Quite frankly, in 1987, I was offered a nomination to become the, the candidate for election into parliament for Bimini. Wow. And uh, I had consulted all of my significant others. Right. Everybody were on board. I had actually had my first rally. Wow. And the day before I was supposed to sign off on it, I had an open-eyed vision. Oh, my God. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me yeah. for the first time in my life audibly. And here's what he said. What did he say? Wrong P. And I, I went to my pastor and I mm -hmm. told him of the experience. And my pastor interpreted that to mean not politics. Mm. The pulpit. Ooh. Wrong P. And a year and a half later, that pastor licensed me to preach the gospel. Mm. Mm -hmm. I get full. Mm. Every time I talk about it, because it was that experience that has made me over the years recognize the significance of having a covering. Mm and the importance of walking in obedience. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't have him in my life to interpret that, I probably would have ended up in politics and been in a mess today. Mm -hmm. um, all during this experience, I was in business at that time. Yeah, I became, at the age of 19, a general manager for a company in the Bahamas. Uh, we were able to build that company. Uh, um, I stayed with them for eight years, and by the time I left, we were doing uh, just over three million dollars per year more than what we were doing when I took it over. Mm -hmm. But in the process of all of that, I told you I was licensed to preach. Then I was asked to become an assistant pastor with a church. Mm -hmm. 
I stayed with them for three and a half years, and then I felt it was now time to return to my home church. Mm. My pastor and my wife and I, both of us came from the same home church. Right. I'd sat down and talked with our pastor, and we were on our way back, and I was about to return as the youth pastor. <laughs> and uh, in my last four days at the church, the Lord spoke again. This happened in a very peculiar way this time. It happened in a dream. Mm. I was reading a passage in the dream of scripture in the book of Judges. Go ye up on Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men. Mm. I got up and I went and looked at the scripture. And my wife woke up and she said, Babes, I had a strange dream last night. I said, what did you dream? She said, I can't remember the whole dream, but I remember reading this passage yeah. saying, go ye up on Mount Tabor. Wow. I went back to my pastor. <laughs> and once he was done interpreting that for me, Mount Tabor Church was born. Mm -hmm. We started with 11 people, my wife and I. And uh, on the fifth anniversary, we moved into uh, new facilities. And in the sixth year, it became the largest congregation in the country. Mm. That was in 1992. <laughs> and God just kept moving the ministry. Day. In 1995, Bishop Paul Morton made a visit to the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And he said he came to see me. I'd never met him. Didn't know him, never heard of him. Mm. But he said he was sent to me. And he was so compelling and so convicting in his, uh, in the articulation of his story and of his vision that I said, okay, I'll come to the first conference and test it by the Spirit. Hmm. And I went there, I took 47 of my members with me. It was a five-day conference. And by the second day, I was satisfied that this was a move of God. Hmm and myself and the church connected with the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship. Wow. I wow. stayed with them for 20 years. That's Yes. And uh, yes. I moved up the ranks eight steps. Yeah. Until I became the second in command. That's right. And I was the second presiding bishop for seven years. And, uh, and um, uh, Bishop Morton came to me on, uh, during my fifth year and said mm -hmm. he wanted to retire in a few years. And he wanted me to succeed him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I rebelled. I didn't <laughs> want to go any further. Like, but he out. came here. He developed a relationship with my foster parents. He came here. I met with them. And the whole idea of that meeting was to get them to convince me. Right. And they did. Mm. Uh, and I said, okay. And the process was in place, but it didn't happen. Mm. It didn't happen. It was about to happen, mm -hmm. and I withdrew. Wow. I withdrew at the 11th hour because I could see that that, that, that which was supposed to be an announcement had become an election. Mm. And I know what elections do to groups. Mm -hmm. You create camps. Mm. I had spent 20 years with the fellowship. I didn't want to create a division wow. in the fellowship. So I stepped down. Mm. And uh, I had resolved that, you know what? These last few years that I have, uh, 
because I'd already served notice on Mount Tabor that I'd give them 10 more years. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to give Mount Tabor the best I got in these last 10 years. I didn't want to be a part of anything else. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do the Neil Ellis ministry stuff and the Mount Tabor thing. And, uh, and then shortly afterwards, a group of pastors flew in from your country to meet with me. Mm -hmm. I agreed to meet with them under one condition that I can match them with Bahamian pastors. Hmm. So they brought in 22, I brought in 22. And we met right here on these facilities, the Atlantis Hotel, wow. for two days yeah. and two nights talking and praying and weeping and crying out before the Lord. Hmm. And in that process, the Global United Fellowship was born. Mm. So our return here, Sam, yeah. to this week, yeah. it, this is not just a visit. This is a return mm. to the original process, mm. to be renewed, revived, refocused on what the next five years should look like. Mm. That's why we're focusing this week on the theme, the healthy church. Wow. So Global United Fellowship in five years. Yeah. We have now gone from 42 churches to, to more than 1,400 churches. Ooh. And the amount of countries now match the amount of churches we started with. We're in 42 wow. countries. And I would say, based on interest that have, that is being expressed from other countries, by the time the years ended, it will probably be 58, 6, 50, uh, 48, 50 churches, mm. 48, 50 countries. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that's wow. where we are. <laughs> Man, what a story. Um, when you think about, as we get ready to close, because I know you've got to go, we're still in the conference, when you think about the next 10 years, What's your dream? Well, first of all, uh, to explain my dream, I have to take you back to, to almost 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make a reference to your former pastor, Bishop Eddie Long, hmm. who was a strategic player in the affairs of the church and the kingdom. That's right. The message of the kingdom in the latter part of the 20th century, in the early days of the 21st century, was heralded in, into the body by Bishop Eddie Long. Mm. We cannot let history be unkind to him, uh, whatever the prejudices are, mm -hmm. uh, on whatever missteps there may have been, mm -hmm. let's stick with the history. Mm -hmm. The message of the kingdom, at least to the African-American church, That's right. was ushered in by Eddie Long. Mm. And the devil is very strategic, Sam, because with his attack and with his issues, now with his death, the message of the kingdom mm. has been... Not silenced, not hushed, but castigated. Mm. What do I want to see for the next 10 years? I want to see the message of the kingdom heralded again. Mm. Because we're living at a time now when so many 
of the people in this generation we find ourselves in are beginning to see the church as irrelevant. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, successive generations will continue to see the church as irrelevant if all we have is a message for the church. Mm. We have to broaden the base of the message. It has to be a kingdom message, mm -hmm. not a church message. That's right. Jesus says, I have come that ye may have life and have it more abundantly. And Jesus, in his three years of ministry, demonstrated what the kingdom ought to look like. Mm -hmm. And you'll always hear stories. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom <laughs> of heaven is like a this. And the kingdom of heaven, is, he never talked about the church mm. until he was about to leave. Ooh. You see? So we have created our own concept of what the church looked like. Mm -hmm. Jesus established the kingdom and then left it, it left the management of the kingdom in the hands of the church. Mm. In and of itself, the church mm. has no mandate mm -hmm. but to manage the kingdom. I believe God has raised up Global United Fellowship in a season like this and has placed me as its leader for this particular season. I don't know how long it's going to last, mm. but I intend to be faithful until he removes me. Mm. And a part of my faithfulness is to bring two things back onto the fore. Okay. One, the message of the kingdom, mm. and two, a return of prayer into the local church. Mm. We are not seeing the kind of power manifested in the church today. We are not seeing signs and wonders and miracles like we read in Scripture. And the reason why we're not seeing them, Sam, I believe, is simply because we've lost the essence of the power. Mm. You see? So churches are not praying today. People are not praying today like they used to pray. Right. So you can't expect to see what you used to see. That's right. Jesus says when the rumor is out on the church, I want it to be said that my church is a house of prayer. Well, the church can't be a house of prayer unless it's led by people of prayer mm -hmm. and populated by people of prayer. Mm -hmm. And that's why one of the five prongs of the Global United Fellowship is to resurrect what I'm terming the dying discipline of prayer. Mm. While we are here this week, uh, 5.30 this morning, right. hundreds of people were in a room in prayer from 5.30 to 7 o'clock. Tomorrow we're going to do something different and we're having a prayer walk. We're going to walk over one bridge into Nassau, make the turn, come back over the other bridge into Paradise Island. What is this about? It's to shift the atmosphere in the Commonwealth of the Bahamas. Mm. When we walk over the bridge back and forth, we can be between two lands mm. mm -hmm. with a sea under our feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Some of Jesus' best work was done. While on sea. Come on. Woo. While on sea. Wake up, Jesus. Carest thou not that we perish? He said, what's your problem? Mm. Where's your faith? Mm. And he spoke to the wind and the wave and said, be, be still. Y'all all right? He didn't really rebuke them. Yeah. He rebuked the wind and the wave. Now mm. come back here for a minute. Later down, you see Jesus back on the water. He said to his disciples, and I'm preaching on it tomorrow come on, night. Come on. He said to his disciples, go over onto the other side. Mm. Jesus, 
who is omniscient. He knows all the things. And they, 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 they ended up in the middle of a storm. So the truth is, Jesus sent them into storm's way. But he gave them a word before he sent them, go over mm -hmm. onto the other side. When he saw they were in trouble, he, he just walked on the water without rebuking the storm. Mm -hmm. Because you got to understand it was storm season at that time. And Jesus never rebukes things that are in season. Mm -hmm. That's why you could be going through some things in your life. It may be the season for it. And you wonder, where is God? He wouldn't stop it. He wouldn't fix it. No, this is in season for your life. Mm. Mm -hmm. And everything you go through that is in season is to prepare you for your next season. Come on. So, <laughs> uh, I want to see the body of Christ walking, especially leadership, with a greater level of integrity. Mm. These millennials yeah. and the young adults of our times, they're very well informed. Mm -hmm. They're very knowledgeable. And they know a lot that you think they don't. Mm -hmm. And we wonder why sometimes they have no patience, no regard for church leaders. They know too much. <laughs> so I would want to see number three, and I'll rest it on this. Mm. I'd love to see church leaders walking with a greater level of integrity and giving people less to talk about and create doubts about as it relates to the relevance, the effectiveness, and the I want to see the, see the pregnancy mm -hmm. of the possibilities of the church. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I feel the same way. I, uh, I'm a little speechless. Um, Sob. Wow. Speechless? <laughs> Come, on. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, man. Um, as, we, you know, as we end, I'll say this. You know, what you're doing here and around the world is necessary and powerful and i think i just want to speak on behalf of my audience and myself thank you for your sacrifice um you've been consistent for so long and in a time where we have leaders dropping like flies mm -hmm. it is amazing to see someone stand and be faithful for so long can you pray for us father i thank you now for these awesome moments that you've given to me tonight to share with Sam and his audience of diverse cultures and, and uh, generations. And I pray tonight that as we bless his viewing and listening audience, that you release fresh oil on him. Cause this to be for Sam a destiny-defining year. And because he's the host of this show, let that anointing you put on him spill over into the airwaves mm. and touch all of those faithful viewers, viewers and listeners of his. Now we bless your name 
and we give you praise and glory with thanksgiving for all that you have done, all that you're doing now, and all that you will continue to do in Sam's life, and by extension, the lives of his viewers and listeners. Mm. We rest these things in your hands, Lord, by the precious name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And come on, if you're watching or listening, let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Wow. We'll see you next time. Everybody's moving Everyone is going somewhere With everything they're trying Just to make it To a place where I am not there But when the noise is over small voice you will hear I hope that you believe me when I tell you that I will handle all of your cares just wait on me and be still
not be moved Teach me how to wait on you You've been listening to A Greater Story with your host, Sam Collier. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. A Greater Story with your host, Sam Collier. Distributed by American Urban Radio Networks.